crumbled, buildings entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. Exciting episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, the official podcast of AquamanShrine.com and FirestormFan.com. I am one of your co-hosts, the Irredeemable Shag. I am the webmaster of FirestormFan.com. That's a site dedicated to Firestorm the Nuclear Man. With me, as always, is my co-host, the irresistible Rob, uh, webmaster and uh, king of the sea over at the AquamanShrine.com, a site dedicated to Aquaman. How you doing, Rob? Howdy. I'm irresistible. I love it. That's great. Eh, it's always got to be something, you know? <laughs> well, folks, we have got a spectacular show for you today. We are covering, yes, you probably read it in the title line already, but we're covering the Superpowers Collection action figures. Woo! This is awesome. This is something from my childhood, something from Rob's childhood, quite possibly something from your childhood, or something that you're dusted off your parents, you know, boxes and shelves in the attic, whatever, but uh, it's a line of action figures produced in the 80s that is near and dear to many of us. And, and something uh, frequently requested from, from, from listeners to the show, more, probably more than anything else. This is the, the one topic that they asked us the most about in terms of ideas to, for future episodes. Wait, people listen to this thing? Apparently they do. Are you recording? <laughs> oh, crap. Now, um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it, and it, we're just going to talk about the action figures here, guys, today. Because, I mean, this, this is a – Superpowers collection is, is a phenomenon, practically. I mean, it is – it has so many spinoffs. There's, a, there's an action figure line, obviously. There were – the Super Friends cartoon was rebranded as Superpowers. There were lunch boxes. There were, you know, play sets. There were vehicles. Ever, gosh, help me out here, Rob. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, blind. there were there were the mini comics, and there Thank were the you. and there were the regular comics. There were the tie-in yes. comic series. Yeah, it really was a merchandising sort of juggernaut in the mid '80s, and it's just Shag and I decided early on it was just too big to try and cover in one show without either a making the show like four hours long, or b just like rushing through everything. And we don't want to rush through everything. We want to take our time because these things really deserve it. So uh, we're going to just sort of cover the, the, the figures in this first show. 
And, and honestly, depending on how long we go, we might not even cover all the figures. We might have to come back. I mean, there's going to be a part two to the Superpowers collection anyway, assuming you guys you know, enjoy this and want more of it. Um, I think we'll just do it anyway. Yeah, forget them. I don't care. We'll do what we want. <laughs> Our show, right? So can't there's going to be a part. Can't wait what? to tell them about the frag, Frank taking over in the next episode. <laughs> and that uh, – so we're, we're going to come back for a part two anyway. So if we don't get through all the action figures, you know, we're definitely going to finish them up in part two. But, you know, we're going to just blow through this as best as we can. And, uh, well, you know, I, do, I know the history of the line. Do you, do you – are you familiar with all, where all this – how the line started? Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, uh, I, and this is, this is not something I know, like, like just off the top of my head. This is stuff that I read, by the way, I'm, I'm pulling a lot of information from the, um, superpowers collection archive from actionfigureinsider.com, which is mostly written by someone named Jason Geyer. So he should get, um, proper due credit here. Um, let and, me just, and you should, and you should visit his site. It's incredible. Oh, it is. I mean, it's, it's basically the last word on, on this toy line, you know? I mean, this is just as a little diversion, you know, it's like when I started a new blog or if it's like Shag starts a blog, you know, we talked about is you, you want to obviously cover something that you love, but you also want to cover something that's kind of not covered, you know? You you know, I mean, you may love Superman, but it's like, well, I think he's kind of covered on the internet. I don't, nobody needs well, you to want a, You want a niche. You want a niche, exactly. And so it's like, if you love the superpowers collection and you were like, I want to do the greatest site, well, that's it's done. It's over. <laughs> you know, he's already done it. Jason's beat you to it, and he, you're not going to do it better uh, than he did. So that's why we're referencing this site because it's pretty much you know the the site for this collection. But anyway, let me just read a brief intro when I, when I talk about how the line was created. In 1984, DC Comics awarded the license of their characters to Kenner Toys, hot on the heels of Mattel's acquisition, to the rights to Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics Secret Wars line. Oh, and what a line that was. Well, uh, let, let, I'm going to pause you as we go through this. I didn't even get one sentence out. No, you did. There was a period. I'm, I'm reading <laughs> it from the screen, too. I'm on the same page you are. Um, and and I'm, I want to break some of this into bite-sized chunks rather than coming back and really listening to you read. It's kind of boring. But um, the Secret Wars line... And a lot of people are fans, and a lot of people are not fans, was a bit of a juggernaut, too, at the time. I mean, they were selling Hand Over Fist, and Secret Wars was, a, like, the biggest comic book event of the age. It was. Know? It was. In fact, I was more of a Marvel guy at the time, Ugh. and my perception was that Superpowers was simply a ripoff of Secret Wars. Ugh. I know. I know. <laughs> you fool, you. I was I was a child with a child's thoughts and a child's hopes and dreams. All right, go ahead. Well, thank you for that intro. Anyway, he said winning the rights with their emphasis on action and art, Kenner devised hidden mechanisms in the figures that would trigger an action when the figure's legs or arms were squeezed. This emphasis on each figure's quote superpower led to naming the line the Superpowers Collection. Once the line was in full force, a merchandising frenzy took place with DC and Kenner slapping a Superpowers logo on whatever they possibly could. Yeah, that's about right. Um, <laughs> um, you know, in the age of, of, you know, this was in the early, well, it's 1984, so you're like squ- squatting in the middle of the, of the decade. Yeah, you know, this was clearly before the internet. And I don't know about you, Shag, but like I didn't have any like inside information. I didn't at the time, didn't subscribe to like fanzines or anything. So I didn't, you know, my first inkling that this line was coming was seeing ads for it in comics you know like that was the first time i ever heard i was like what what what's this yeah actually i think mine would have been well i sat in on the on the kenner merchandising meetings wow that's very generous of them to do considering you were a um, very stupid child apparently yeah as a child but other than that 
other than that, it was the ads in the comic books. Absolutely. And in fact, I, there's a whole, there's several. If you go through the old fifty cent bins and stuff, and you find stuff from the early eighties, the back cover was quite often filled with yep. the, you know, like you go through the reams of comics that all had this superpowers ad, and it had you know, it was a big. I don't remember what the scene was. I, I've seen it a million times. I even posted it on my old blog. But on the bottom are these little tiny pictures of all the characters in that wave one yeah well the main image was a, a kid's hand holding the super superman figure yeah, and he's that's punching right. a drawing of luthor that's right which was i always thought was odd why is it a drawing of luthor why is well, it it's, a... it's it, uh, it's the comics come to life i guess yeah i guess it's, so you're an artist what's wrong with you <laughs> i would just think that well all right whatever anyway well uh, kenner produced three um now you know i'm going to step back and say part of, now here here's i don't see this written anywhere Okay, but this is part of my thought on this. Kenner, you know, obviously is watching what Mattel's doing across the street, and they're also watching Hasbro. Hasbro is cleaning the frig up with GI Joe at this point. And yeah, the, right. Yeah, GI Joe was huge. GI Joe was monstrous, and then Mattel. So Hasbro's cleaning up with GI Joe. Mattel's cleaning up with He Man, right? Masters of the Universe, and here Kenner's sitting. And Kenner has been a juggernaut since 77. I mean, they had other stuff. Don't get me wrong. They've been producing stuff for a long time. But they had a huge juggernaut of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So here comes 1983, Return of the Jedi, the last Star Wars film. (laughs) Oh, if only. Well, (laughs) (laughs) So, so Kenner's seeing some writing on the wall here. You know, that this toy line of Star Wars had a limited life. And you know what? They were right because I think it was by 86 I think it shut down. Uh, until they started up again in the 90s. But so they're like, you know, we got to get some – and they're probably always looking for new products anyway. But, I mean, just looking at all the different pieces, I got to think the the um, G.I. Joes, the, the He-Mans, and the end of Star Wars all played a role in Kenner's decision to really push this line as hard as they did. Yeah, that makes that certainly makes sense. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, the first time I, I said I saw that ad, I was really excited. I mean, at the, at the age I was when those came out, I was a little too – you know, I was definitely on the on the the high end of like buying toys, mm-hmm. and, and I was at that age where that was probably not, you know, like the, you know, probably not. I was already socially, uh, you know, maladroit uh, at that age. But you know, buying toys is probably even worse. But I bought them because I love the comics so much, and because of any toy line, I would say even I would maybe even say since, um, despite all the DC universe stuff, I would say this is like. This line was the most reflective of the comics as they were, and it really appealed to kind of like a collector mentality. Part of it was the art that they used, the amazing stock art that they used from uh, by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his mm-hmm. name. And, um, <laughs> uh, you know, so, so I bought them for more of a collector mentality. I wasn't buying them because I was like going home and actually playing with them because I was, again, I was a little too old for that. But, uh, but, but that was what appealed to me was that they – seem to straddle the line between solidly well-done toys for kids and visually and in terms of character depth appealing to fans of the comics, which was, you know, like a magic combination. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think back a couple years before this, uh, I recall in the late 70s um, owning like a Batman and Robin action figure. They weren't Mego. They were some other plastic, you know, plastic toy. And they didn't look that much like Batman and Robin. But I knew they were, and that's all that mattered to me. But the the, the toys in you know, Amigo, as as much as they're praised, didn't look that much like the superheroes. I mean, no, you can tell they no. were. I mean, I love them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Twisted Toy Fair Theater is like my favorite thing ever. 
but it's they, they just didn't look quite right. And like, like you said, this thing was it was they were they were spot on. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um even even more so than like I would say Secret Wars, um, they were more spot on. And and they just they they caught everyone by surprise, and a lot, also a lot of characters were in this line that had never had figures before, and there were a lot of characters, very minor characters, that end up getting figures more so in the second and third wave. Yeah. But there's a lot of minor kit. Well, Aquaman was in the first; he's pretty minor. So, but they, um, you like that? You felt that it stung a little, didn't it? This is all coming out, so it's fine. I don't oh, okay. want to say anything because it's not going to make any sense when the it's easier to edit li- out. The, if the listeners don't, don't hear, you. yeah, your nonsense. Right. So, but. So anyway, it's the first time you get a lot of the characters there, the likenesses and um, the breadth of the line. I mean, you had you had almost as many villains as you did heroes, especially in wave two and three. Uh, it is oh, super cool. <laughs> but anyway, we're jumping ahead. I guess we should start with the, the first. The first. There's yeah. three waves: eighty four, yeah. eighty five, and eighty six. Right. The first wave is uh, was consisted of uh, what was it? I think twelve figures. Yeah, it was twelve figures. Eight heroes, four villains. Um, <laughs> not quite even odds there, but okay. Um, well, by series two, it gets more even. By series two, they balance it out. But anyway, the first wave was of, was of course uh, Superman, <laughs> Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, uh, plus Aquaman, yay, um, Flash, Green Lantern, and oddly enough, Hawkman. And I don't, I'm not saying that to diss Hawkman because I love Hawkman. I still do. Um, I wish maybe there was a better Hawkman comic, but that's for a discussion of another time. Um, but, but, but it's like clearly, you know, like you could see that when Kenner was deciding what, what characters to first turn into, into, you know, these figures, you know, obviously Superman, Batman, Robin, and Wonder Woman are the, the, the gimmies, you know, it's almost like we don't even need to put them on the list, you know, like, okay, we're going to do them, but who's left? And so Aquaman got in there, which was great, and so did Flash and Lantern. And you get the sense that, like, they had that eighth slot for a hero. <laughs> and it was just like, all right, who's kind of like B-level Justice League in terms of popularity? Now, see, I would say they, they probably reached back to the Super Friends and said, okay, let's look at the major players on Super Friends other than Zan and Jaina and, you know, that kind of stuff. And Hawkman... You know, Flash and Green Lantern also were a little sketchy in their appearances in Super Friends. Right. And Hawkman was too, but Hawkman was there from time to time. Yeah, he was. I mean, he said it. I don't mean it. I'm not knocking him. I'm glad that they did it because, first of all, it's a great figure. Uh, he's got the wings and he's got that big badass mace. So it's, yeah. it's a great yeah. figure. It's just sort of like I think that was an early indication that they were going to go a little deep into like Because oh, okay. Hawkman had never done – they'd never – I don't think Hawk, Hawkman had ever had a toy before. Ever. Well, I see. I for me, I guess. I guess I just grew up with too much Hawkman around, or something. <laughs> that sentence like, has never been uttered before. <laughs> I just always thought Brainiac was like the deepest Doug character on the series one because at that time I didn't even know who he was. Well, the villains, yeah, I'd agree. I just mean the heroes specifically. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's a that and uh, yeah, Hawkman and Brainiac are definitely the two that you're like, wow, they never did those before because Mego had done. Um, Luthor and Joker and Penguin and mm-hmm. had done Superman, yeah, basically the, the core of the Super Friends. So, yeah, it was just with the first line, they're giving that indication of, hey, this is, you know, it's not just the same guys that you've seen. And, right. um, and you know, like I said, the packaging featuring the Jose Luis Garcia Lopez art is, you know, like perfect. I mean, to me, he is, uh, I, I'd argue he's like probably the single greatest, like, perfect artist for comic books and comic book art. <laughs> I just like love his, I think his work is so iconic and beautiful. 
um, that he was just hiring him to do the package art for the season mm-hmm. was brilliant. Whoever came up with that, I mean, that's just fantastic. And um, so, oh, speaking sorry, of the, speaking of the packaging, real quick, and we're not going to dive too much into this because we might talk about it later. But each each one of Wave One and Two came with a mini comic. So you'd, you'd open the package, and behind the character is actually a like I don't know, was it sixteen page? I think it was. I think it, I think it was like. Tw- yeah, I think something like that, yeah. It was like a 16-page comic, and, and of course they had, like, you could join the superpowers, I think, fan club as well, and stuff in there, because that was, you know, fan clubs were all the rage in there. Yeah. Um, That's a shame that kind of went away. I know. I was thinking about the other day, actually. That's another story. But, so they, uh, so you had these comics, and the comics had the story, it had a story that involved the character, and typically involved other characters in the line, too, and it was just a little mini-adventure. So you had the mini-comics, you had the cool card. On the back of the cards, they had these fact files or whatever they were called that would tell you, like, the character's powers and weaknesses and secret identities and things like that, which was super cool. And you could actually cut it out, and there would be an image on one side that was hidden by the figure in the packaging, and then the back had all that little fact file. So the packaging was cool, too. Yeah, I'd say they are are just beautiful, beautiful to look at. Um, Like I said, and the, the figures look... You know, like pretty much, especially something like the Green Lantern one. Like Green Lantern is like super ripped. He's like, <laughs> I mean, super Superman's a little. I mean, they all have the, basically the same basic molds, of course, because that's how you make, that's how you do these things. But for, there's something about the way they painted on Green Lantern's uniform. He looks even like he's like he looks like Ryan Reynolds would, you know, with the super abs or whatever. Um, one of the things I found interesting, you talking about Hawkman's wings. Is that with this particular line, Kenner, and we can talk about the accessories in just a second here, but Kenner chose for the capes, because, you know, superheroes got to have capes, especially DC stuff. You need Superman and Batman and Robin, uh, you know, all these capes. The capes were cloth. Yep. And which is interesting because of Kenner, you know, who was well known for the Star Wars line. Uh, had almost no cloth cape. Well, I guess they started towards the they, end. Of yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah, the beginning they were vinyl, and then they got yeah, ripped. So maybe, they got yeah, ripped so maybe, easily. Maybe that's just uh, indicative of what they were doing more at this time. But whenever I think of Kenner, I always think of those vinyl cloths, yeah, vinyl those, capes. Yeah, I lost a ton of those. Uh, <laughs> Mine always ripped to the shoulders. Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of the reason they got rid of them. Um, almost all of them, all the characters came with an accessory of some sort. I mean, uh, Superman does not because he's Superman. He doesn't need an accessory. Um, but, um, yeah, he had a removable cape. Well, okay, I guess is that, is that an, I guess that's technically an accessory. Um, but uh, Green Lantern came with a power battery. Uh, the Flash didn't come with anything. Um, Hawkman came with his mace. Wonder Woman comes with a magic lasso. And Aquaman, of course, comes with his trident. Which, to this point, um, like, the trident was not something that, like, he was pictured with all that much. Oh. I, I have, you know, I mean, they had it occasionally, but it wasn't like he carried it around all the time. And now it's totally a part of the iconography. And I have to think that the superpowers has something to do with that, with making it a bigger part of his character. Because before this, you really didn't see him carrying it around all that much. That's interesting. But they had I to, did. yeah, they had to have. I think they wanted to give him something. Well, I mean, Doctor, he's got to have something. I mean, somehow that whole package has got to be cool, other than the comic. So, um, uh, Hawk, uh, you mentioned Hawkman. Joker came with his giant mallet, right? And Penguin came with an, an umbrella. <laughs> the Penguin is one of those characters that's always in produced and action figure lines that, you know, never never inspires anybody. Right. <laughs> you know, like, but yet he's always there because he's just so famous. I mean, and, right. and that has to do with mostly the, the uh, Burgess Meredith in the TV show. Um, but, yeah, there's Amigo, there's Amigo Penguin. Like, pretty much any time 
there's ever been a, a toy line that involves the Batman characters, Pe- Penguin is there, even though I don't think anybody ever wants him. Um, was, now, Brainiac, was this the first time Brainiac ever appeared in robot form? No, he appeared in the comics first. Oh, you did? But, but, but it was done, they were done concurrently. Um, so coordinated, probably. Yeah, it absolutely was coordinated. I mean, it was, I think, uh, from, I forget where I read this, but I think they said that DC had had ideas about sort of refitting these characters for, for you know, posterity. And then around this time, the toy line was getting floated. So they thought, well, let's, this will be perfect. We've got to come up with some maybe more dramatic looks, and these will make great toys. Because at that point, Luthor was just kind of a dull guy. In fact, um, Nigo never did a Luthor. And they never did a Brainiac. Uh, huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, there is no there is no Mego Luthor doll. The only Superman villain they ever did was uh, Mister Mix's Pitalik. Um, hmm. So, but here Luthor is in his battle suit, um, his uh, very festive magenta and green uh, battle suit. Do you know Do you know who designed that? That's George Perez, right? That is correct. George go. Perez. In fact, he got royalties. Um, that's one. That's one of the interesting things about this line is the royalties connected to it. George Perez received royalties for Cyborg and Lex Luthor. And Jack Kirby, and this was some of the only royalties he ever earned from his DC stuff. Because um, we'll talk about that when we get to Wave 2. There's a lot of New God stuff. And uh, he, there's a lot of, anyway, it was one of the times he got to earn a fair amount of royalties. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, when the, when the first, when the line came out, I went and gobbled them up as best as I could find it. There was um, a chain of toasters called Kitty City. Which is no mm-hmm. no longer with us, um, but I with that with that name, yeah, I know <laughs> it was a more innocent time. Um, but I I grabbed every one of them I could, and I think I had virtually all of them. Uh, I think I was grabbing every one that I could because I just thought they were so fantastic. Um, and um, I, I don't think I ever sent in the mail in thing. I should have because I think you could get a. I, at first, it was like a fan club, and you got—I forget what stuff you got—but later on, you could mail in to get a Clark Kent figure, right? Which is <laughs> not the most exciting figure in the world. It doesn't ma- it doesn't match Boba Fett with the rocket firing jetpack or anything like that? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Watch Clark Kent report stories. Like, ooh, that's that's exciting stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, those are the those were the first twelve. Or those were those characters. It was again Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, Green Lantern. Hawkman, and then Luthor, Brainiac, Joker, and the Penguin. Um, and obviously it was enough of a hit that they quickly went on to a second wave. Oh, we're not done with wave one, sir. Oh, I think we are. No, we're not. I would think you would want to get on to wave two, considering... Oh, I'll, I'll take control of wave two in oh, just a I moment. Oh, I Don't worry we'll about that. About that. Okay. Uh, i let you have control of wave one, because you're Aquaman. So uh, we got to talk about the power action. Yes. See, yes. It, the whole shtick was, with, with superpowers, was that each figure had, quote-unquote, power action. And what this was is they wanted to have the characters have some sort of mobility, some sort of, you know, trick. And, and, and all basically, it involved either moving their arms or legs or waist is what kind of the shtick was. And these, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Kenner wanted to slap these giant, like, handles, these little uh, little switches in there and so you could... You know, see the little toggle that you would use to toggle and move the character. And Kenner's like, "Oh heck no! You are We don't want you to mess up the." You just said you, Kenner, DC, DC. I'm sorry, Kenner wanted the big toggle switch. Yeah. DC was like, "No, you are. We do not want you to mar the features of these of these characters." Yeah. 
So they, that's when it got the, the, the action move got hidden in the arms and legs. So that was kind of a new, unique thing. It, like, I think He-Man had a lot of this kind of stuff, but it was all the big toggle switch in the back. So you got <laughs> – I love the names. I have to say the names of these. These just crack me up. Each figure had their own power action. And we'll start with Superman. Superman's easy. You squeezed his legs, and he punched. You know, that's Superman's stick. Yeah. He's super strong. It makes sense. Um, then you get to oh, – I'm just going to go down my list here. Aquaman. Aquaman was – was it the arms you squeezed? Yeah. And his legs weak thing. Hey. But I love it. It's called deep sea kick. <laughs> it's not just a kick. It's a deep sea kick. Um, Batman had the bat punch. Uh, Flash had lightning legs. <laughs> <laughs> that was your nickname in high school, wasn't it, Jay? Yeah, yeah you, shh, don't tell. How uh, Green Lantern was ring thrust. <laughs> Hawkman's was flight wings. So I guess the motion there is you probably squeeze the legs and his and his wings flapped. Yeah, that had to be a little tricky for them. Um, Joker, it, it w- any other time it would have been called punching, but here it's called Madcap Mallet. <laughs> Sounds like Which, a comedy club from the late '80s, right? Uh, Lex Luthor had n- nuclear punch. Hey, you said that. it. Did you say it right? Did I? I it's I, funny. I, For a word you can't pronounce, you managed to have to work it into every single episode. Of the show. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to hit it in a minute again anyway. But uh, Penguin is umbrella arm. Robin is karate chop. Wonder Woman is defender or deflector bracelets. And my favorite of all of them is Brainiac's computer kick. Yeah. <laughs> The original power was him thinking of stuff. Right, exactly. Computing power. (laughs) Can add up to four columns in minutes. Oh, wow, that's perfect. That was good. (laughs) So this is uh, really cool stuff. Love it. Uh, I think that rounds out Series 1. Okay. So that was 1984. Now, 1985 comes along, and uh, at this point... They have rebranded the – I mean, superpowers collections everywhere by this point. You know, They are, as they said, slapping the logo on everything. The Super Friends show at this point had been – I guess it was Super Friends, the legendary superpower show. And then in 1985, they did wave two of the figures, and the show was rebranded to superpower – or was it superpowers team, Galactic Guardians, I guess? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, you know, the cartoons were in this. It was, it was, it was the big time. And Series 2, their focus was – they did a lot of focus on the fourth world characters, meaning Jack Kirby's new world. So you get characters like Darkseid, Desaad, Calabac, Mantis, Parademons, and Steppenwolf. Yes. Not to to be confused with the band. I love the Steppenwolf figure. He is cool. (laughs) And um, you know what's kind of ironic is they didn't throw any fourth world heroes in here. No. You know, we won't see those until uh, the next line. But so those are your villains. As I said, Darkseid, Desaad, Calabac, Mantis, Parademon, and Steppenwolf. Then you get your heroes. And let me tell you, they, they dug deep for these heroes, and I'm so glad they did. I think that this line is responsible for a lot of these heroes remaining popular through the 80s. Dr. Fate, Green, uh, Green Arrow, Martian Manhunter, Red Tornado, and Firestorm. Well, and the the thing about Wave 2 was even though, you know, like Aquaman was in Wave 1 and that was like, you know, to me that was the ultimate, this real, Wave 2 really was appealing to comics fans because, I mean, what a, did you, you know, I mean, what a bench, you know, I mean, you, they, these were all, <laughs> I mean, Green Arrow, Martian Manhunter, Martian Manhunter, never been at a toy before, ever, 
Well, people didn't even know who he was. Yeah, I mean, that was amazing. You know, I mean, Migo had done Green Arrow, but uh, the Doctor F- Doctor Fate that was the one that I think that really f- threw me for a loop. Well, I think that threw everyone for a loop because he wasn't Earth One. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, we're like, oh my god, Doctor Fate. We'll talk about the Superpowers comics another day, but I was buying the Superpowers, at least uh, I didn't buy the first Superpowers comic miniseries, but I bought the second one. And there's Dr. Fate in there, and I'm like, how can he be there? He's from Earth 2! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it was – and talk about digging deep, Mantis and Steppenwolf? Really? <laughs> wow. So, I mean, and, and also I got to say, I don't know if you've really taken a look at these, but Kenner learned oh, so much about action figure detail. Between series one and series two, I think. Yeah, I would say that it seems like the um, the, the details are definitely a little more precise, more specific to the characters, and you know they got more ambitious. I mean, Firestorm's head, obviously, Firestorm's whole costume. They do the puffy sleeves. They do his his vest and his head, of course. Is yeah, that's all original sculpting. That's not anything that they just repurpose from another character. Because of course, oh yeah, there are no I mean, other the- superheroes with flaming heads. Well, the way they fit the big lighter in the back so you could actually light the figure on fire was amazing. Oh, wait. Did you get a prototype? Uh, yeah, never mind. That's just in my dreams. Okay. Actually, that's, that's something Jerry Conway said he always wanted. Was he wanted them someone to put a big lighter inside the figure so he could light him. Um, but if you look at Red Tornado and, like, Green Arrow especially. Green Arrow, to me, has always stood out as, like, wow. What a really detailed figure, especially with, like, the arrows and the bows. I mean, just it's really well done. So anyway, I thought Red Tornado was done very well. Firestorm was done very well. Dr. Faye, all of them, the intricate details that went into Steppenwolf, it's really the molding and everything is a lot better in Series 2 than Series 1, I think. Yeah, I mean, the only one I think that kind of that falls a little is Darkseid. Darkseid looks a little just kind of apish, I think, it's, you know. I mean, part of it is he's so huge. I was going to say, first of all, he's huge. Second of all, he hadn't really... And other people will probably, yeah, this is probably going to cause a fight. We'll probably get hate mail on this. But as much as I love the old Fourth World stuff, and yes, I have read it, and yes, I do have a passion for it, Darkseid wasn't, I never felt like Darkseid was that physically developed as a character in the early days. Mm-hmm. He didn't get his you know, real look that he stuck with till about this time period, I'd say. Because he looked very different in the old Kirby stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's a little more superhero y here. They give, him, they give him a cape, and he's got yeah. that big uh, medallion. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> His itic or whatever that is. Um, I, I have to say that, like, as a kid, I remember being disappointed that these were the villains because I, you know, again, no disrespect intended, I was never that huge a fan of the fourth world. And I just kind of was like, you know, like, they went they went so kind of deep on the heroes that I really would have loved for them to have seen, to have gone that deep for the villains. You know? I mean, like, instead of doing the... Fourth World characters, they could have done, you know, Black Mana or Bizarro or, you know what I mean? Like, it would have yeah. been neat if they had gone to that sort of, going going down those roads. But, you know. I, I think they made a better decision. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I think the decision they made was smarter here because what they did was, and, and when I say that, I'm talking about really in its conjunction with the cartoon. They created a group of villains that can work together. You know, whereas having piecemeal villains, uh, you know, even though they did form the Legion of Doom at one time, but having piecemeal villains versus having a group of villains that work together and are a unit 
that you have you know, almost an army, if you will, that the superheroes had to fight every week in the cartoon works well with the figures. I mean, they were going in lockstep with the cartoon at this point. I think it. I think it's great. I think this was the smarter move to make. Yeah, it it it, it allows. It definitely allows. I mean, it, the, you have to wonder at some point, you know, how much is the cartoon driving the toys versus the toys driving the cartoon. Uh, and and from what I understand of interviews I've done with James Tucker from The Brave and the Bold, you know, there is kind of that give and take about, you know, well, the toy people have this much input and they don't necessarily have control, but they have a lot of, you know, their input is definitely heavily considered. Sure. And, and I'm sure if you're writing the cartoon, it's a lot easier to constantly have the super friends going to apocalypse yet again to fight Darkseid and all his minions as opposed to coming up with, you know – Oh, we got to somehow write a story that fits in Black Mana Bizarre because they'd already done that with the challenge of the Super Friends. Exactly. And that only lasted, you know, one season. So um, It was really good, too. Oh, but, sure it was. But that's the formula, though, for those – I mean, in the 80s, that was the formula. You had your heroes and then you had your team of bad guys. I mean, Masters of the Universe and G.I. Joe had already led the way on this. He-Man fought some bastion of Skeletor every time. Yeah. G.I. Joe fought some bastion of uh, a group of Cobras. Cobra, yeah. So with the superheroes, they said, okay, we got to have somebody, you know, who are they going to work for? Oh, they're going to fight it, you know, the Apocalypians. Is that a word? Apocalypt- <laughs> Apocalyptians? It is now. <laughs> I was on my Apocalyptian doing a couple round, you know, a couple sets. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I think it worked better as having a unified group of villains. And I, I'm really... I honestly did not realize they only made 11 figures in that wave. That's really strange. So, all right. So, accessories. Um, Dark Side had a removable cape. Desaad had a removable skirt. He had a skirt? <laughs> really? I never noticed that. Where's that little bit? Oh, yeah. He does have a removable plastic skirt. He looks like he's yep. flying a jetpack. He does. <laughs> I always wondered what the heck that box was for the longest time. Uh, Dr. Fate had a removable cape, which I am sad to say, my Dr. Fate, I got secondhand, and I still to this day do not have that official cape. Too bad you couldn't take the helmet off. No, no, dude, that Dr. Fate figure, uh, I'm looking at it right now, actually. Uh, I only have two suit. Well, I'll save that for a bit. But I've got my Dr. Fate, I'm looking at it right now. That helmet, the sculpt on the, if they had had it come off, it would have screwed up the helmet. It is, in fact, any Doctor Who, Doctor Fate figure they make where the helmet comes off doesn't look right. Oh yeah, because they, they have to make it so bulky. Exactly. Fit, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So having it, the sculpt it was was perfect. Oh yeah, oh, no, no, so I know, perfect. I know. The, the, yeah, I mean, it, it would have been cool, but yeah, I also realized it would have been, it wouldn't yep. have worked. Have you ever seen the Mego removable cow, Batman doll that they did? No. He was they, when the the the, fir, the very first line of Migos, which was Superman, Batman, Robin, and Aquaman. Yeah, they did removable mask and removable cowl for Batman oh, wow. and Robin, and the, the 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 cowl sits on his head like it's a bucket. Oh God! <laughs> and they they quickly realized, oh, this doesn't work. So right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the removable headgear just doesn't work in, in the line of in, in in any line of toys for the most part. Absolutely true. Green Arrow came with a bow and three arrows, which I still think was probably the coolest Kenner accessory <laughs> of of this line. Calabac had a Beta Club. Which is as opposed to being the thing you can get in when you're in middle school or high school for getting A's and B's. This is different. Oh, it was a VHS club. Okay. <laughs> Martian Manhunter's got his removable cape. Parademon comes with a gun, which is, you know, was, that's probably the first gun in this line. Because, gun, <laughs> you know, guns is something superhero comics shy away from. And then Red Tornado had this awesome giant blue cape. It was cool. It's a beautiful figure. It's, he looks actually cooler as a figure than he does in the comics. <laughs> That's true. So, um, you know, obviously this line... Oh, you just, skipped over Firestorm. 
Oh, well, I was talking about accessories. Oh, well, I'm just saying he doesn't come with anything, unfortunately. He comes with coolness. Yeah, he comes with his awesomeness. That's right. Actually, you know what he comes with? He could not have a nuclear punch, nuclear punch, nu- nu- nuclear, nuclear. That's it, nuclear. He couldn't come with a nuclear punch because Lex Luthor already did. So Firestorm had to come with an atomic punch. <laughs> uh, Darkseid had raging motion. I don't know what that means. Very angry. You know, can I just say, you know what Firestorm should have come with? What? A translucent Martin Stein head. That would have been the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Every little kid would have wanted to collect oh, that clear plastic wait, head. Wait, even better. With a little stick, a clear stick that you could have popped into his shoulder so the shoulder. head could float. <laughs> that would be twisted. Get me Kenner on the phone. Right, exactly. I need a Kenner executive in here now. <laughs> uh, Desaad came with a shock squeeze. Uh, I guess he his, did. His, did he come together with that little machine, like his little jetpack machine? Is that what he did? I don't think. Um, yeah. I don't... <laughs> Doctor Fate had a mystic spell cast, aka punch. Uh, Green Arrow had archery pull. Calabac had beta club swing. Mantis had pincher thrust. These are awesome. Martian Manhunter had the not so cleverly named Martian punch. Uh, Parademon had battle flight. Red Tornado. Was <laughs> he can tornado. run away at a moment's notice. Right. Exactly. Red Tornado had tornado twist. Now his his he's twisted at the pelvis or the 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 waist, right? Right. right. And I think that was the only figure that did this in this line, if I remember right. Yeah, most of them are, do not come that way. So, yeah, so they had to craft but, a separate thing for him. Yeah, I think the third wave, they used it again for another guy. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> instead, yeah, we'll talk about them. Seven Wolf Electro Axe Chop. <laughs> That's such great stuff. I love those. Now, it's fair to also mention that the Mantis, the Parademon, and the Steppenwolf were redesigned from the comic book look for this action figure line. This was the, as I understand, this was the first time this look, well, it was either the first time this look appeared or it was designed for the Superpowers line. I believe it was designed for the Superpowers line. I think this is part of the thing of how Kirby ended up with some money uh, because I think he did some of these redesigns, I thought. Yeah. So, I personally, this, you know, obviously I'm a little biased because I'm a Firestorm guy, but this is my favorite wave of the three. Oh, I, I think it's the best one. I, I think it's the most interesting. This is like the senior class. The other one's like your Aquaman. That's like the freshman class. Well, okay. <laughs> but uh, I was actually yeah. trying to be magnanimous there, and you just you just ran roughshod all over me. I did. I did. Just blar. For those right. of you that are listening to the show for the first time, this is how it normally goes. Yeah, yeah. I I treat him um, well. I'm an ass because he's wrong. I'm right. It's kind of how this works. So. Oh, wow, I didn't realize I could zoom in on the figures here on this site. Okay. It's called the Internet Shag. The Parademon. I always thought the Parademon looked really cool. Like, I love this design of the Parademons, these little red guys. I think part of the reason they they did Parademon is because he's like a stormtrooper, is that you need to buy a bunch of them. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's an army of Parademons, so you need to to buy like ten Parademons. Oh, wow. That would that would kind of suck. I, I think, but I think that was the idea behind it. I think you said that's why they had stormtroopers. Is that you wanted, you know, they wanted you to buy a hundred stormtroopers so you could recreate all those scenes. <laughs> I did. I did quite often line up all my different stormtroopers. Like See? I had my go. snowtrooper, my regular stormtrooper, my you know scout scout guy. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Line all those up. Kenner so. knew what it knew what it was doing. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting distracted now because now I'm blowing up all the pictures and looking at <laughs> them up close, and I'm like, Mantis looks bizarre. <laughs> so. Anyway, so um, this, you know, I honestly think this is where my love of Dr. Fate came from. 
I think it started here. Because hmm. I didn't know all that much about him. And uh, I had, I guess I had been reading Crisis, because Crisis would have started by this point, I believe. Yeah, 85, yeah. Depend, I don't know what month these figures shipped, but I guess my exposure to these figures came shortly after Crisis. Because, like, I was reading the Crisis comic, and that was, I don't know if, if we've ever talked a great length about this, Robert, or not, but Crisis was kind of my major introduction to the DC universe as a whole. Yeah, we covered it a little bit in like, an okay. early episode, I think. I've been talking about Fire, I've been reading Firestorm, but Crisis was, you know, and then I picked up, I knew that Superpowers was another big deal, so I picked up Superpowers Volume 2 comic, and that's, you know, like, Dr. Fate, he's, you know, kind of focused in on him, so got the figure, in fact, here's where uh, I'll be a little honest, the only two Superpowers figures I have ever owned was Firestorm and Dr. Fate, hmm. and I still have them, uh, I have a few of the Firestorms, actually, I've just acquired over the years, but, um, those were the only two I've ever owned myself. The others, I've handled them all because I, when I managed a comic book store, we had a lot of them would come through. People would sell them, and you know, we'd sell them back out as used and such. So I've seen them all, and I've played with them all, uh, and had little adventures, but uh, never owned any other than those two. Yeah, I, I think I had every one of them. I probably didn't have, like, again, at that point I was feeling a little old to be buying these, so I was buying them more for the collector thing, and like, so I think Mantis and... Parademon didn't really appeal to me, but I had all the heroes. I mean, I just love, I just couldn't believe that that um, as a, as a, like an obsessive JLA fan that I could mm-hmm. have the original seven in, uh. in, in in action figure four and pretty close to like a classic lineup. I mean, because then you could you threw in Green Arrow and Hawkman. You weren't going to have Adam. <laughs> they weren't going to do the Adam. Well, um, it's kind of a shame they didn't. Yeah. I mean, he played enough of a role in the Super Friends that they could have done him certainly. Kind even of, the, yeah. Even by the third wave. I mean, you're getting Martian Manhunter, but not Adam? Yeah. Really? Well, we'll get into the bizarre third wave in a, in a moment. Oh, that's um, great. So, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 but I definitely remember, and I remember getting Steppenwolf. And Steppenwolf was a figure you could get in by mail. The, you, they had a special oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a mail-in figure. Now, I think they eventually made him available just regular in stores. But initially, you had to send in the proof of purchases and all. And he was a great figure. He came with that giant axe. And he, he's got all those spikes. I mean, he just looks like a badass. He just looks really cool. And he was one of the redesigns for this yes. line. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, he looks he looks really cool. Yeah. It, right. Yeah, like I said, so as much as I love the first line, because it does have Aquaman, I do think the second line is kind of the better one, just because it's the, the, those hero characters are just amazing choices and beautifully done. So. Now, I'm trying to remember as a kid, like, I don't remember ever seeing the original Superpowers group, the first 12 you know, really in the shelves. Because, again, I, I didn't even really get exposed. Other than the ads, I didn't really get exposed to this toy line until Wave 2 because it was like, oh, something for me to care about, Firestorm. And um, But I remember Wave 2. I seem to recall, and maybe I'm wrong, like it always seemed like this um, Dark Side and maybe it was the Parademon were like – they were peg warmers at store. <laughs> like – Everything else was cleared out except for those two, you know. Uh, and I'm not even sure if it was Parademon. I'm trying. I'm struggling to remember. Definitely, uh, Dark Side was just like they always seem to have Dark Side in stock. It's like oh, I don't want Dark Side. He looks like crap. I want, you know, I want Green Arrow. I want Firestorm. Whatever. Dark Side had that big antacid tablet on his chest. Um, <laughs> can I tell you just something related to Peg Warmers? It's not connected to superpowers, but oh, well, it sort of is. No. Um, okay. Let's move on. 
Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to add it in at the end anyway. Um, <laughs> this well, I was going to add it into the to the version of Fire and Water I do all by myself. Um, oh. <laughs> the Water and Water podcast. <laughs> the Awesome and Water podcast. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, back when Kitty City was still going, P- Kitty City had a whole aisle. You've got to stop saying the name of that store. <laughs> you have to. I demand it. Was, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of vans parked in front of Kitty City with no with no <laughs> windows. Um, but anyway, anyway, that was the name of it. I mean, what, what do you want from me? That was the name of the toy toy store. But anyway, they had a whole aisle of basically peg warmers okay. of, of stuff that was remaindered or left over. And so anyway, I was there all the time buying superpower, uh, buying Star Wars figures, and then buying superpowers figures. And they had – I remember this. I, I remember this so distinctly. It's amazing. They had an entire end cap of Mego Fantastic Four figures, the four of them, the you know, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Girl, Thing, and Human Torch, you know, mint in package for like – In the 80s? In the 80s because Th- this was in 1984. This was, in, this was when the superpowers were going. Right. They, when did – and those all came out? The 70s. That's what I thought, yeah. yeah. Now, Mego, Mego in its death throes yeah. um, spit out a lot of product they had lying around. Still, in the, Migos were still around in the 80s, in the early 80s. Oh, okay. um, they just sort of died a very lingering death. So they were still putting out a lot of their product that they had lingering, like Spider-Man, which is why like Spider-Man is, is relatively cheap to find even today because they just made so many. Okay. But, but I remember – them having the Fantastic Fours all hanging on pegs at, at seventy nine cents, and I remember oh. I remember it was literally a wall of them, like above my head. They had so many, and I think about that now. <laughs> it's like if I had bought those, I could have bought a house. Yeah, really. I, mean, I could have bought a house. I would have entire sets of the Fantastic Four Migos. In mint in the package, and I would have bought them for a couple of bucks, and now they'd be worth thousands of dollars. Like you, stupid kid! It's like, oh my god, you know. But you know, back then the Migos were kind of like, as you said, they were, you know, they weren't as they weren't as crisp as the superpowers, so they looked kind of like old and stodgy, and they were dolls. They were essentially dolls as yeah. opposed to these things, which were figures. So they seemed well, so much cooler. Well, until I got older and really learned to have an appreciation for Mego, I didn't like them yeah, when I was younger. They were weird-looking dolls. They were weird-looking dolls. Exactly yeah. right. And and it's just like kids today would look at our superpowers line. Uh, or maybe even – I don't know. Maybe even kids today would frown on like DC Direct. I don't know. But uh, my kid doesn't. But but yeah, I mean they, they we frowned on the, the old school toys and they didn't look as cool. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, so I said that was the – do you have anything else you want to say about the second line? No, but um, do you want to go to break? Maybe. Yes, yeah, so I was we'll going to say we're going to we're going to yeah. we're going to go to break. You're going to listen to some fun uh, vintage superpowers commercials uh, featuring, featuring kids having adventures in backyards that I never had. These are, <laughs> I mean, you won't be able to see it, but these are kids with backyards with like waterfalls and like you know abandoned warehouses and and like uh, amusement parks for the Joker to run. In. I know I had grass. I had grass <laughs> and some rocks. <laughs> they, they are very ideal. So, well, some of them are idyllic, though. Some of them, like, you know, they've got this beautiful tree and these little kids, hill. These, these and... kids got to play in backyards of, like, you know, it was like Charles Foster Kane's Xanadu or something. It was just <laughs> amazing backyards. So, anyway, we're going to do some vintage Superbrothers commercials, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, third wave, which is probably the definition of the word odd lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoy these commercials and uh, catch us on the other side.
dangerous reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. What's this? The dam's about to blow and take Robin with it? Who'll stop the Joker and Luther? Aquaman! Kenner's new Superpowers Collection figures with power action, each sold separately with its own mini-comic. Aquaman, still! Who can help now? A power ring, a power action punch. Defuse the bomb! Can this madness be stopped in time? You decide. with Hawkman in a holding pattern? Who will save him? We will! It's Firestorm, Dr. Fate, and Green Lantern, part of Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicle and figures with power action, each sold separately. Dark side! Brainwash them! Mantis, use your power action! Who will save them now? Superman! How will Superman save his fallen friends? You decide! Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Superpowers figures with power action, each sold separately. There's no power to build. Squeeze them, they've got power action like Superman. And Batman. Here comes Hawkman. Watch out for Brainiac's power action. And each comes with a mini-comic. The Superpowers Collection, Superman, Batman, Brainiac, Hawkman, and other figures with power action, each sold separately, new from Kenner. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, those Superpowers commercials are awesome. <laughs> I, lo- I love those. I love them. I-, I had such a fun time digging them up on YouTube. <laughs> folks, go out to YouTube, Google Superpowers toy commercials, or at least Superpowers commercials, and you- you'll get to enjoy several of those and probably more. I don't know. It depends on uh, – I don't remember how many there were. Yeah, but... I found like – I found almost a dozen. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a ton more. So yeah, go dig them out. They're, they're a lot of fun. I just love seeing kids playing with the toys. So, all right. Well, we are going to rock and roll right into Wave 3 or Series 3. depends on where you see it referred to as. So this is the, what, 86 line? I think so. Yeah. So uh, I, I just – you know what? Let's just start by saying the lineup because they were clearly, <laughs> clearly either off their rockers or – Scraping the bottom of the barrel or didn't know what they were doing. I don't know what happened here. The first toy line designed by Dartboard. Yeah, I mean, it went off the rails here. You know, you get some you get some really good obvious ones. You get Cyborg, you get Mr. Freeze, Mr. Miracle, Orion, Plastic Man, and Shazam, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Uh, and then you get uh, characters <laughs> like Tyr, who was a Legion of Superheroes villain that I think all of us had to dig to our who's who to figure out who yeah, this was. Yeah, yeah. Or T-Y-R. I think it's called Tier. Tier. It sounds like it would be Tier, wouldn't it? You got Samurai, who was the Super Samurai from Super Friends cartoon, who had never appeared in the comics before, other than probably the Super Friends comic. So that was a little obscure. Then you get... Well, he, he never appeared in the Super Friends comic. Oh, he didn't? I no. just kind of assumed he did. No, none of those, like, let's just, you know, call them what they were, the ethnic... Editions, which is exactly what they were designed to be. Um, yeah, so none of those characters ever appeared in the uh, Apache Chief or El Dorado or Samurai or um, what was the other one? I'm blanking on the, on the oh Black Vulcan. <laughs> right. And then you get, of course, everybody's favorite, Golden Pharaoh and Cyclotron. <laughs> Golden Pharaoh yeah. sounds like a place you eat, doesn't it? Sound like a <laughs> restaurant chain. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Uh, Golden Pharaoh and Cyclotron. And as you're sitting here going to start Googling them, going, who the heck are those guys? They were actually created for the Superpowers line. Yes. Um, and you can tell how incredibly popular they were afterwards. So uh, 
actually, you know, oddly enough, they made a Cyclotron DC was it DC Direct or, or DC Classic Heroes? Whatever the the lines that just came out in the last couple of years. There's, there was two lines running parallel: DC Direct and what is it? Mattel's DC. I think Universe it's DC Universe Classics, I think, yeah. or something like that. So they actually did a Cyclotron recently, uh, and I don't know whether it was, I don't know why. I, I can't imagine it sold because you know, a character it, whose power is to pull off his face is, is always worth doing. No, he's got the he had the spin power like Red Tornado. Yeah, but he also can pull off his face. He can pull off his face. That's true. That's <laughs> he's, not a lie. He's pictured there on the package pulling his face off. <laughs> I like how he's got the bare chest too. That's that's awesome. He is very manly. He is a koi koi since muy macho figure. <laughs> um, let's see. He is notable for having a not often used wind up action. <laughs> um, we should mention that before I guess we get off this. We should mention um, the package art is no longer by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Like if you look at the Cyclotron one, that oh. that's clearly not him. That's that's somebody else. Oh and, yeah. Uh, now they used him. They used Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, on other packages. I mean, it's him on the Shazam package, uh-huh. um, and it's I believe it's him on Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg is actually George Perez. Um, okay. But but so so the the, the strict use of Lu, Lu, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Uh, on the packaging is no longer valid in the, in the third line, which is too bad because you, you, know. you didn't say praise be his name. You know, it's it's enough just saying his whole name. <laughs> One of the things that I really enjoy is uh, Mr. Miracle. He is the chubbiest Mr. Miracle <laughs> you've ever seen. It is as if, as if they use Nick Nolte as the <laughs> design for Nick for Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle is huge. He's he's got a barrel chest. It's like I you know it's the the, the John Goodman as Mr. Miracle action figure. It is just ridiculous. <laughs> That was when I was when I was a kid. That always jumped out at me because Mr. Miracle was one of the more uh, like slight. I mean, he's he's an escape artist. He was supposed to be kind of like thin and wiry. So they it was seemed fun. It always cracked me up that they went so far the other direction with him and made him look huge. He's just like this monstrously huge guy. Maybe maybe you remember this. All right, Superpowers comic, and and I don't mean to keep talking about the comic, but it I, it ties here with the figures in the Superpowers comic. Um, Darkseid actually disguises himself as a hero. Okay. In fact, the comic ends, and the and the rest of the heroes don't know he's still disguised as a hero. And I thought it was Golden Pharaoh. All this time, I thought it was Golden Pharaoh, but I can't find any validation of that. Anyway, so wave wave three. All right. Um, there, it's it it's very. Uh, how did you put it? Dartboard. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, you get Cyborg who looks. Pretty cool, you know, and it's got the great package art. But again, you, you put him next to Cyclotron, Golden Pharaoh, even Tear to some extent, even though he is a real character. It, they're just – it's weird. <laughs> and uh, it, it's very disjointed, especially coming off of Series 2 where all the villains were, you know, linked up. And, and these characters – and I guess these characters didn't make it into the Super Friends cartoon. And in fact, the Super Friends cartoon was probably off the air. By the time this came out? I think so. I think that's part of the reason that the line kind of withered and died after this point is that there wasn't yeah. a TV support. Um, just so you mentioned the mini-comics, the, 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 the third line, the third wave didn't have mini-comics. That's right. So, I mean, you – I don't know what Golden Pharaoh comic you might have been reading. Maybe it was in your dreams or 
No, no, the, there was a full size. Oh, I was a full. I was the mini. The mini series. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Remember okay. they they had a, a mini series yes. comic book. Yes, yes, they did. They had three superpowers mini series. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I, honestly, some of these figures are just not very attractive in series three. <laughs> So, like, you know, Cyborg's probably kind of the cooler ones because he looks very much like he did in the cartoon. And super shiny silver paint. I mean, yeah. Super shiny yeah, silver he is, paint. Yeah, he, he works as like a cone reflector or whatever. You need <laughs> traffic. But, like, I don't know, other than Cyborg uh, and maybe Shazam because yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty weak figure. Well, who? Maybe, which one? Shazam? Yeah, he looks weak oh, as a I figure. Like Shazam. Plastic Man's cool because he's got the big long neck, you know? That was but, cool because they'd never done him. No, but he'd never been done as a toy before either. So that was yeah. really cool. I just don't know that I would have been proud to have any of Series 3 on my shelf. I don't know. So let's run through their power action real quick. Cyborg thrusting arms, clearly using thrusting. They were running out of uh, what is it, adverbs, adjectives. You can tell I'm a writer. Okay. Uh, Cyclotron had the cyclo spin. Golden Pharaoh had the soaring wings. Mr. Freeze had the cold blast punch. Mr. Miracle had the wrist lock escape. Orion had the astro punch and changing. What was that about? <laughs> and changing? What is that? Oh, did his face change? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he spins around, yeah. Oh, his head spun around. He was ugly Orion and, and yeah. handsome Orion. Yeah, oh, that, that's why yeah. he's in that giant human bomb metal face thing, bucket <laughs> thing. <laughs> right, that huge crazy case. Okay. Plastic Man had the stretching neck. Samurai had Gale Force Spin. Uh, Shazam <laughs> had Thunder Punch. And Tyr had Rocket Launch. Because his arm was actually like a, a giant, giant rocket launcher thing, <laughs> which is cool. This did, you know, as you said, I think they were running out of steam. They didn't, the, the art had gone down on the packaging. There were no mini comics. The, the line itself was sort of disjointed. But you still got some gems out of it. I mean, like I said, Cyborg's pretty cool. And where else are you going to get a samurai action figure? Yeah, that's, yeah. Or, or Golden Pharaoh, for that matter. <laughs> where else? Uh, I was a little disappointed that, that if they were going to do samurai, I mean, I even remember at the time, which I, I think at this point I had stopped buying them because I, I, I was just feeling like, all right, I'm just too old. I'm just too old to be buying these. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like, I think even at the time, I was like, well, if they're going to do samurai, just do them all. Like, do El Dorado, do Apache. It felt weird that they just did samurai. Man, I would have loved, uh, I liked El Dorado, actually. I did, too. I, it was cool. You know, El Dorado I always thought was cool. Apache Chief, you know, out of those, you know, characters that we discussed, I liked El Dorado, Samurai, and Apache Chief the best, you know? Yeah. I, I always felt like Black Vulcan would have been cooler if they didn't make him wear that dorky mask and his legs didn't turn into a lightning bolt. <laughs> you know, he had a lot of potential. Like, I, I, always, I was just like, just, just give us Black Lightning. By the way, uh, you were mentioning um, that Superpowers comic you're looking for is Superpowers yeah. number three of the okay. third series. Yeah. Darkseid poses a character called Janus, ah. and he's got a shield. He looks like the Sloman Shield superhero, okay. uh, and he's got a shield and this giant hammer gong type thing and a really okay. goofy helmet. It's kind of surprising they didn't make a figure out of it. It seems that, like it's that's designed what, to make a figure from it. And that's why I always thought it must have been Golden Pharaoh. Just in hindsight, yeah. it's like, well, surely they must have done a figure. Okay. Now he's red, blue. He's red, blue, and yellow with a giant hammer and a shield. I mean, he seems built to be made a figure out of, and maybe, you know. This was something they, you know, maybe when they wrote the series, they just thought, you know, hey, let's throw in this extra thing. And if Kenner wants to make a toy out of it, they can. Or it could have been that there was a pitch 
Because usually when they do these toy lines, they pitch several more characters than actually get made. That's you true. Know, some get picked up, some don't. And maybe Janice, is that what you said it was called? Janice, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was one of the ones that was pitched and didn't get picked up. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's something I was thinking about during the break was – the the contemporary of the superpowers line was the the secret wars line at, at this point you know especially for me again as a marvel person i was comparing the two quite a bit because they were contemporaries even though the lines were very different they came out at the same time the marvel and dc main competitors and the interesting thing there is the anchor is what's different with the superpowers line the anchor of that whole brand because it is a brand legitimately a, bl- a brand because it crosses all kinds of stuff the, yep. the anchor of that brand is the action figures yes Whereas Secret Wars, the anchor were the comic books. It truly was. I mean, that's what was anchored that whole series together. Was the com- the comic was happening anyway? The toy line did not, you know, beget the comic. The comic begat the time, the toy line, or at least the branding of it, I should say. So it, it's interesting the difference there. So um, here, the emphasis was more on the figures than the comics. So you know, a lot of people don't even like those comics that we're talking about with Janice and stuff like that. Yeah, they are. They are not. Yeah, even though one of the series was written by my pal and friend of the Shrine, Paul Kupperberg, even he admits like it's not his finest work. I, I still like series two quite a bit. They're so. fun. They're they're really goofy. They're just really e- goofy. Everything about the Wave Two, you know, the Wave Two, com- the, the 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 second mini series of comics, the com- the court, the figures, that's the best. But but the real question is, could there have been something better? Was there something down the line? It almost Past sounds like way. you have an answer for this question that you're asking. Could, it could be what's called a segue. <laughs> could possibly be. Um, could there have been something down the line that would have been even better than Wave 2? Mm. You know, there may have just been. There may have just been. Whew. This, the, <laughs> the, the, the acting on display here is even better than the acting we did last episode about the uh, listener feedback thing. <laughs> By the uh, way, I have to say, listening yeah. back to that show and, and listening to you and I pretend the, about the listener feedback echo effect that we dropped in, I, it yeah. is akin to a porno movie. The, act, the acting is so bad. Oh, okay. All right. Or, or Hector. Yeah, well, the Hector's slightly better because we don't drag it out. But, but man, I hear myself go, hey, how did you do that? And I could just picture myself in like a bad 70s polyester suit. Just before the action starts in a porno. Hey, Shag. Yeah. Do you need a massage? And yeah. Do that? <laughs> exactly. You, you, I have a whole collection of superpowers, but no way to pay for them. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, just, God. Sorry, by I didn't mix those. By the way, Hector, um, specifically to Hector, if you didn't listen to the stinger after the credits, go back, Hector, and, and things will make a lot more sense. Yeah, so. absolutely. Anyway, I'm sorry for that digression. Fourth, right, fourth, so fourth wave. Kenner did, in fact, have plans for another wave of figures. There was a Wave 4 that was never produced. Uh, they started work on it, but it was never produced from the Superpowers line. Again, um, this website um, that was put together by uh, – what's the gentleman's name? Jason Geyer. There you go. Jason put together this amazing page on there. It's all about Wave 4 and beyond. And what's posted out there are these presentation cards. They did a presentation where, like, you know, you'd go into a, a pitch meeting – Essentially, you know, with the Kenner execs and say, here's the figures that we have lined up. And they'd have, you know, each character was drawn once or mostly twice on these things. Go, here's a character. We want it. We're pitching to you. This is a general look at what the figure would look like. We'd like to go ahead and get a go on that. And, you know, it's very typical in toy line. Nowadays, they probably use PowerPoint or whatever. But so they they had all these pitch cards, presentation cards, and they Jason's got has them here. And there's some amazingly cool stuff in here. When Jason did this site, it was on its own. 
And then when they moved it to Action Figure Insider, everything's archived. So the, and the links never got updated. If you're on Jason Geiser's site, just know that the links, if they're not working, figure out what the end part of the URL is and just go put it up top. You know, in your in your URL bar, you'll figure you'll get there. So um, I'm just going to go through these because I mean they're just friggin' cool. Yeah, this fourth wave is unbelievable. Well, and, and keep in mind, they did not intend to produce all of these figures. They were just going to pitch all of these and then produce a certain amount of them. And I'm probably going to take a little more time than I should talking about them. <laughs> because this, some of this art is friggin' awesome. Okay. So Man Bat, they had a plans for a Man Bat figure. And uh, I wish we knew who did this artwork because it's so... The presentation art? Yeah. Well, that that man bat thing is the the, the, the pose uh, you see on. I guess you and I are looking at the same. Image. Yeah, that guy looks like a Neil Adams. It, it is. It absolutely is. Now, yeah. the I, I guess they're both Neil. The, the second one looks like Neil Adams as well. I bet they're both just lifted from one I of the so. comics. I think they traced it actually because yeah. it doesn't look like a Neil Adams drawing. But somebody tracing over a Neil yeah. Adams. Drawing. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. 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 Um, El Dorado was going to get a figure. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I really do like El Dorado. I mean, he looks ridiculous. But as a kid, I just thought he was so – he could turn invisible. That was cool. Yeah, I always thought Eldorado. He could teleport and stuff. You know, he's awesome. It's it's uh, fun to notice that that Eldorado pose, the one on the right of him punching, that's just Superman redrawn. Oh, okay. It does look ridiculous. That's just the Jose Luis Garcia Lopez Superman drawing with Eldorado's costume dropped on top of it. And and the whole thing has been redrawn a little bit. Well, there were only a few poses that the guys had to work with. It's like they were using Jose's style guide. Yeah. Is what it was. And so they would just kind of use all those as as the same poses. So Uh, Eldorado looked great. Love Eldorado. Okay. Quadrex? Quadrex? Remember Quadrex? No. (laughs) (laughs) Quadrex is a four-armed alien. That they designed, who's, who's kind of big, bigger than a, a normal figure, and they had designed him several different ways. Uh, they designed several different looks for Quadrex here. I'm looking at three different. One is like a crazy alien head. The other two are fairly humanoid, he- bald heads. And they, um, you know, one thing I didn't mention, they even went as far as to make some of these molds. Yep. So during the designing, they were designing. So I guess maybe they had gotten a green light on certain figures, or they were just getting jumping ahead and making molds for certain figures. So like Quadrex actually has molds that have been made yep and uh people have guessed what the coloring would be and different things like that and i don't think quadrix really would have sold very well but anyway now he looks the 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 one version you see it looks like he looks a lot like uh the tars tarkas from the current giant hit john carter oh okay there you go next up is my just (laughs) i don't not favorite but one of my favorites we'll get to my favorite in a minute but shockwave. That's just like a head scratcher of a choice. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Not at all. Because, uh, well, I'll just say, little sneak preview, folks, Blue Devil's in this line. How freaking cool is that? Um, so it makes sense to give him a villain. Well, but then we just talked about that they didn't do Black Mana. So well, I think they're. I mean? But I think based on the figures that are in this pitch, I think they were getting their crap together. For mm-hmm. line four. I think wave three was going to be an outlier being like, I don't know, we were drunk. It was like a college party. You know, I don't really remember her name. I really don't want to talk to her about it. It was a crazy time. The, the Ewoks I, cartoon was out. We, we, I know. <laughs> I was going through a strange time in my life kind of line. Uh, whereas wave three, I think they kind of had – or wave four, I think they had their crap together. So, um, But it makes sense. What's that? Redemption. Right. But Shockwave is a very visually striking character. Uh, and he had a very understandable power that kids could relate to. And Blue Devil at that point looked to be a character to watch. So 
Okay. I, you know, I'm totally biased. Absolutely. Fine. I, I'm a huge Blue Devil fan, folks. So, like, I'm, I can't see past this. So, sorry. <laughs> Attention, ladies and gentlemen. Shag cannot be trusted when it comes to any matters revolving, involving Blue Devil. That's so true. But I got to tell you, the mold for Shockwave, I don't know if, you, if you're blowing this up and looking at it, is amazing. Oh, it's great. It's, it's great really looking. cool. The detail, it's probably the best face in the entire it does look great. It does look really great. He's like, he's like, I think you uh, like him too because the mold is sitting next to Firestorm. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Um, by the way, folks, what we're going to do is the in the show notes, we're going to put some links to these pages. Yeah, so you, you can know, see all these. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise, you're going to be like, well, I don't know. What yeah, it's, it's like you and I. The, yeah. the, listening to a podcast is not cool for yeah. talking about how something looks. Shag uh, and Rob go to a museum. That's right. So Shockwave looked great. All right, well, let's uh, move on from Shockwave. All right. <laughs> Spent 20 minutes on Shockwave. The next one, of course, is Silicone. <laughs> there it is. That's right. Everybody's favorite Silicone. Proving that um, these Kenner guys were not quite over their crazy, drunken, creating characters yes. phase. The interesting thing about I mean, Silicone looks like a, a cross between the Phantom, you know, like the not you know, like the, the, the traditional Phantom, you know, the newspaper strip oh. Phantom. Yes, thank you. And the Robot Manhunters is kind of like what he looks like a cross between. Yeah. If I'm looking at this, this these molds right, he was going to be clear. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting that he was going to be a clear sort of figure. Thank goodness wasn't produced. Okay, folks, here, here it go. is. Let's and everybody suit up. Get yep. ready. You're not going anywhere for the next hour. Shag talks about Blue Devil. The Blue Devil figure. Awesome sauce. Uh, in fact, it's interesting. They were communicating with the folks at DC because in the letters page of Blue Devil number 18, Alan Gold said this figure's on its way. So Did he really? Yeah. Oh, he oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it really would be crushing. Yeah, I don't remember whether he said it was on its way or it's in development. I don't remember which, but the, well, the, they traced some Paris, Paris Collins drawings, is what they did here. Well, the Blue Devil, uh, the one on the right, is uh, from the Who's Who. But again, it's it's, it's tra- a tracing. It's a tracing. Yeah, yeah. Back then, they couldn't digitally copy this stuff over. I don't think. So yeah, it was, it's clearly traced. You can tell it's uh, tracing of Paris Collins stuff. It looks like he was his action was going to be a kick of some sort. <laughs> uh, as as Jason uh, describes it, slip on the way floor action right <laughs> but he was going to have his trident uh in theory and uh someone even did a mock-up figure here for what it was going to look like but oh man this figure it would have it would have changed the blue devil popularity forever oh sure I, yeah i think the character would have survived a lot longer than it had in the 80s um anyway i i we're going to do a blue devil superpowers unproduced action figure podcast just watch for it coming in your feed soon guys oh, that's news okay. to me uh, oh, it's going to be – it's not just one episode. It's like a show. So, wow. Anyway. This is also uh, news to me. You have to wonder the, the Trident, whether they were just going to reuse the Trident that Aquaman carried. No. <laughs> no. It was going to be the classic Blue Devil okay. Trident. All right. I'm sorry I brought it up. Because they've, they've produced they, – they, I don't know if you know. They've actually produced three Blue Devil action figures. Yes. And they screwed the pooch on the <laughs> Super uh, – the Justice League one. With the trident. And they kind of screwed the pooch on the... Right, can you stop uh, saying that? <laughs> they, they messed up the one... Thank you. ...as one. And then, then they uh, farmered the sheep with the... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's much better. No. Actually, they, the one they got right was the Mattel DC Universe Classics, I think is what it is, uh, figure. They, they got that one right. Superpowers would have done it right. I have confidence in them. All right. Bizarro was going to get a figure. And it looks like he, he was even going to have the hanging... 
that little you know, nameplate tag thing. Yeah. yeah. This is bizarre. Number one. It's interesting <laughs> that the the, stu- that the 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 prototype art here. The first one, the first piece is clearly the Superman, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez pose of Superman, just redrawn as Bizarro. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is the drawing from Who's Who by Kevin O'Neill. Uh, and, and Kevin O'Neill is one of those guys whose art, like, scares me. <laughs> like, his art just, it's like <laughs> all his people look creepy and frightening and dangerous. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, he's like the least appropriate artist to try and use to pitch your toy line. It's just like, you know, here's the toy line's going to make kids cry. But, is, uh, his, is his toe bursting out of the boot? His toe is bursting out of the boot. I mean, uh, it's a great piece. I don't, I'm not knocking uh, Kevin O'Neill's artwork. I think Kevin O'Neill's a great artist. But his work is just so distinctly adult. And just yeah. using it as a toy line just cracks me up. I mean, it's just like getting Robert Crumb to design some of your action figures. It's just like... <laughs> well, the one on the left that's based on the Jose one uh, right, looks like they actually got uh, Sienkiewicz to trace it and ink it. It's, it's an it interesting like art style, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So then uh, after that, you get uh, – and I, I may have gotten out of order a bit here. Uh, no, I'm okay. Creeper. That's and, another one. Like, you know, wow. Creeper? Really? Well, the weird thing is with the Creeper, <laughs> you know how he wears that red sort of like animal pelt shawl thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, unique design in the history of superhero outfits. Right. Well, here – it was going to have <laughs> – I'm having a hard – you describe it. They are four <laughs> suction cups. Um, uh, the, this figure apparently – I'm going to read this from Jason's site. This figure apparently would have a very unique action feature. Suction cups that he could hold in his hands that could clip onto his legs. This is odd and that would be the first figure that the feature actually interfered with the character's usual appearance. Yeah, so he was basically going to be able to like stick to walls. I guess they just looked at him and said he's like Spider-Man. So let's make him kind of like Spider-Man. But yeah, the, well, someone probably described him that way in a pitch meeting. Yeah, su- su- suction cups dangling from his shoulders is one of the odder. <laughs> it is weird. It's not even like the suction cups connected to the shoulder, folks. There's actually a big cord that comes out of the red shawl thing. Yeah. Like a giant long cord, and the suction cup's at the end of it. It's and really it's strange. Very strange figure. Let's see. Who's next? Next up this is, is Metallo, a... Superman villain Metallo. Superman villains. He would have been the, This would have been the first time Metallo ever got um, any sort of um, – action figure he was going to have um some sort of snare arm um which like his arm would shoot out and retract back and they would later reuse that for um snare arm swamp thing for the (laughs) wonderful swamp thing action figure line (laughs) well um the cool thing about him too would have he would (laughs) have because i always go back to this he would have worked as a as a blue devil villain too. right right um, yeah, because it's always about Blue Devil. Um, the next, <laughs> I know, no, he that actually, out. he Good. actually was. The next guy is Executioner, which is a, oh that guy, a total name. Yeah, no, not him. A totally made up character, very bizarre. He's got like he has a kind of like Viking barbarian kind of thing, and he has a belt, and his belt buckle is Darkseid's face. But if you look at it, it's it's half belt buckle, half codpiece. Yeah, <laughs> and he comes Dark with codpiece. He comes with a giant barbell that he could yep. throw at people. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, as as crazy as it sounds, other than the dark side codpiece, <laughs> I am actually perfectly okay with this figure. Okay, because if someone again take off Dark Side's face, if someone showed this to me and said, "Do you remember this character from the New Gods?" I'd be like. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he does fit in. With I mean, they really crazy hit it. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, <laughs> uh, the opposite end of that spectrum, the next other oh, figure. You know what? There's there's a name on this one. M Underhill, I guess, is the artist. A lot of them say that. A lot of them say uh, M Underhill. So whoever that okay. guy is. And, it, yeah. and it's dated September 85. Another proposed figure would have been Supergirl, which would have been the only second female in the entire line. Um, I mean, you know, Supergirl's one of those characters that, you know, sh- should be included in any major toy line because she's she's really famous. She's really, really famous. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know that classically, you know, female action figures don't sell well, which is why they're always so limited. But still, you know, it's like Supergirl. <laughs> it's like Supergirl, Batgirl. You know, you should, you should do those characters. Um, it, yeah. It, interesting that the, the costume choice they picked for this one was going to be the, the, what do you call those, Trump briefs? Yeah. The briefs and the, what I call the boob S-shield. <laughs> yeah, this was not the outfit that she, this was the outfit she had earlier on. But mm-hmm. by the time I think they got onto this line, she was looked like what she wore in Crisis, where she had the headband, as Jason refers to the Jazzercise outfit. <laughs> this is called the Jazzercise outfit? Yeah. No, no, the, the later one, the later one. The, the oh, one that okay. she died in, the one that they got Gotcha, gotcha. Crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they would have done, another figure would have been <laughs> um, John Stewart Green Lantern. Um, and I love here that the whoever did the custom basically just put, just painted Green Lantern black and then put an afro on him. <laughs> Turn him into John Stewart. Well, to make it even worse, the pitch art doesn't say John Stewart. No, it says it's black, says black Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. <laughs> it's like, wow. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, another one, another pitch would have been Kid Flash. That seems like an odd choice to do, like, some of the Teen Titans. Not, you know, they didn't do Aqualad, unfortunately. Oh. Well, there's, there's a reason for that, son. But you really think that's an odd choice? How interesting. Because, you know, Robin's in the line. Um, and well, that's it. Though. No Wonder Girl, no Speedy. But Wonder Girl wasn't. Well, I don't know. I, well, by this point, they were all in the Teen no, Titans. You're right. They're, they were yeah. all probably pretty well known. Yeah. You're right. They're, they're all. Right. They're come from that book. I mean, the yeah. stock art is clearly a redrawn George Perez drawing. So you know what it, you know it kind of looks like. And I was thinking the same thing on Supergirl. It looks kind of like it was like traced and then inked by Kyle Baker. It does have a very edgy. Yeah, it looks like it's yeah, inked with like a maybe like a rapidograph. Instead of a brush. So it's got that kind of hard line to it. Um, Another figure which is completely bewildering is Manhunter. The one from the 70s. The one that uh, Walt Simonson and Archie Goodwin did in Detective Yes. Who was an invariably cool character. Yes. Uh, But what an odd choice. I mean, first of all, this was a guy that only appeared in a handful of comics in the 70s and died at the end. Yeah. Of his run. So, this would have this would have been such a oh movie. this would have been amazing if they did it but that is just completely <clears throat> bewildering that man that seems like somebody who's just like a fan was like let me see if I can slip this in <laughs> that's what that feels well, like I think it's probably the costume is probably what made them willing to pitch it because it's a really out there costume it is yeah, he's got the sort of big shoulder pads and these giant flowy sleeves and then these very ornamented boots. Plus he's got Chinese throwing stars, which I presume they would not have included um, a dagger well, attached to his knife. And then he's got a handgun too. I don't know. In the eighties, you know, things like that were pretty hot. And, you know, the, the ninja weapons and stuff growing up, we all wanted to be ninjas. You know, it's cool again nowadays, but when we were kids, that's what we wanted to be. Maybe and, something uh, we could have mailed in for was a Chinese throwing star. <laughs> you know, I, I just picked up um, the collected, Manhunters. Oh. Uh, well, yeah, the, the gold foiled collection they did oh. in 2000 of all those. I thought you were going to say you just picked up some Chinese throwing stars. That would be interesting. No, that would have been cool. Um, okay. <laughs> hold, hold on. i got to go to eBay. <laughs> yeah. Um, another bizarre choice is Vigilante 
from 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 the Teen Titans, the character that first appeared in Teen Titans and got his own series. This guy basically was DC's Punisher, mm-hmm. so he just went around killing people. Um, that seems like an I mean, he had a great costume. He had a really great costume. Yeah, but very what striking. a bizarre choice for a figure. I mean, I just cannot believe that DC. Um, and that Kenner would have – they would have been like, no, no, no. Let's do another guy that pulls his own face off. We're not doing Vigilante. It's just insane. Well, just a couple years later, Marvel would do Punisher. They would. I guess so. It's just, it's yeah. Just, um, the guns though are just – The guns, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, another another proposed figure was Mix, Mr. Mixes Pitalik. I'm glad um, you had to say that, not me. There you go. Which features which features some – looks like um, custom stock art. Not custom stock art. Custom presentation art because these poses are not anything I recognize. They're kind of well done. If this guy Underhill or if that's the guy that drew them, drew them himself, he did, they look really good. The one on the right looks familiar, like maybe I've seen it. Maybe, and, then, yeah. and to be fair, this is the uh, this is the Superpowers version, Super Friends version of Mitzablick, is how yeah, I Yeah, with the it. tiny hat and the, yeah. You know, it's it's funny how few Batman villains, in fact, there's no Batman villains here. Batman, oh, Batman wow. Is, I, mean, I mean, this is this is pre the movie. So still, but still, I mean, usually Batman is like always, you know, um, the, the, you know, I mean, his rogues gallery is so good that mm-hmm. he's usually like your go-to guy. So it's yeah. strange like to a, go a after Catwoman, Catwoman figure, Catwoman or, uh, and Riddler, although they did do a Riddler, but that's for our, our second part of our superpowers show. Um, Egghead or egg, yeah, King Tut, any of those guys. <laughs> um, another proposed one was Black Vulcan. So they yep. you know, the superpowers character uh, super friends character wonder what his ac- i guess his action probably would have been the spinning legs you know yeah, or you pop there. his legs off and slap a lightning bolt on the that'd be cool that'd be good yeah. another character is reverse flash which this is clearly i think whoever pitched this character was just trying to pitch kenner on a, a, a cheap character to, to come up with because oh yeah they just, just flash and you reverse the paint job yeah <laughs> yeah 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 and which would have been fine you know yeah um i think it's a kind this, of i'm sorry go ahead i was gonna say i don't this artwork Actually, I don't even think this artwork was traced. I think you're. I think they lifted this right out of the comic somehow. But well, this is the flash poses. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez's flash uh, drawing. Oh. That's just bang right. It is. I, I think this is the figure you pitch right right after you pitch Manhunter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like going out on a limb with Manhunter with all his accessories and his obscurity, and then you're like, oh, but we can also do reverse flash. That won't cost anything. They're like, oh, okay. Okay, you'll see that. I, I was thinking you pitched this one right after you, you pitched that uh, New God character, the one with the barbell, Executioner. <laughs> um, and then Deathstroke, which, <gasps> which is kind of a combination of Vigilante and Manhunter. So it's like right. whoever pitched these characters is really into like the violent <laughs> the violent Miller characters. He would have looked great, though, because he had a great costume. He had a kick-ass costume. Oh yeah. So he would have, and the, the custom figure this year would look really good, and he he would have come with a whip, which I guess they could have gotten from the uh, leftover unsold Indiana Jones figures, <laughs> whoever <laughs> had those. So, well, if you think about it though, if you look at the line kind of as a whole, and you look at you know the Kid Flash we've talked about, the Vigilante, the Deathstroke, and really I guess that's, and, and in a minute we're going to talk about Cyborg again in a second. DC's biggest comic at this time, when this line would have been pitched, was probably around 86, was Teen Titans. Yep. It was their highest selling comic. So, I mean, that sort of makes sense that you would pitch something like this. And here, and you notice here in the art, he wasn't called Deathstroke, he was called Terminator. That's true. That's true. So, even like, uh, because, you know, the Teen Titans cartoon, uh, or as I call it, Teen Titans Go, just because it's a little easier to say, you know, which one I'm talking about, um, called him Slate. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so he's made it into the greater culture. So obviously, but it's just funny that in a, in a line designed for children, you've got Vigilante, Terminator, and Manhunter all proposed. <laughs> well, not, Darkseid wasn't cuddly. Yeah, but he wasn't. He didn't have guns. I mean, that, you know, cartoons are really... But in this, you see Terminator has got uh, a whip, and he has no guns on him. He has yeah, a he's whip. got a holster. Oh, well, all right. He's but, got a His holster is apparently holding a knife. He's got a whip, a staff, and or I don't know what the hell that is. But he's got. A, but he's also got a bandolier, and the bandolier is for bullets. So not his. It's full well, of pez. It's, it's, it's got yes. these awesome boots, though. Full of gummy bears. His bandolier is full of gummy bears. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> another pitched character was Obsidian from Infinity Inc. That one is again a complete head scratcher. To, that is bizarre. To, Infinity Inc. was like, you know, an obscure book. And then to pick a, even less one of the lesser characters from an, from a B-level book, that is just completely out there. It's just very strange. But the thing about him was he looked really cool. He did. He had a great costume. I mean, if you, if you wanted to put a character up against Marvel's Secret Wars black costume Spider-Man or something, yeah. this probably would have been your character to put up against him in striking all black and blue. So there's a couple left. Shag, why don't you tackle, tackle those? Rock on, brother. All right, folks. Then uh, we get into... Back to the fourth world. Yep, back exactly. Back to the fourth world with the Black Racer. And here they have just straight up copied. And I think this one's even a photocopy. I don't think he even redrew it. Even though he, he did sign it Underhill. It looks like a, just a photocopy of Kirby art that's oh, been colored. That's the who's who listing. Yeah. So you've got Black Racer, which I just can't imagine that one going over in a pitch meeting. You know, it's like... He's got skis? Really? It was, <laughs> yeah, it's skis. An odd character, nice. even for comics. Right. I mean, I mean, even comics usually use him to good humor nowadays. So uh, that would have been an interesting one, at least. You know, he's he's very colorful, and he's definitely would have some unique accessories. No doubt about that. Yeah. Atomic Knight. <sighs> this is another one com- clearly chosen for the costume. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not a fan of the Atomic Knight. No, uh, yeah. Rob and I have had this discussion before that you guys will hear someday. Uh, I, I just – I'm not a fan of the Atomic Knight. I think it's ridiculous and he's like everything that's wrong with comics. <laughs> oh, um, my lord. Okay, that's not true. He's wrong – he's what's wrong with some 80s comics. But I'm yeah, just not a fan. I'm just going to skip. Move on. Atomic oh. Knight, the redesign that appeared in Who's Who. Next, um, <laughs> there was a <laughs> Superman variant called Robot Superman. Why, sure. Why not? And interesting – there were there was more than one. There was Robot Superman and Kryptonite Superman, and the Kryptonite Superman one is he's he's wearing some bling, and it's this giant ch- Kryptonite chain around his neck with a giant chunk of Kryptonite hanging around his neck. Kind of an interesting one. It becomes the lead box. <laughs> so if you want to torture your action figures, this would be it. And then, but the Robot Superman was basically just the Superman costume. Tweaked up to look a little shiny and, you know, edged off and robotic-ish. And then would have some sort of – the cape would probably come off and you'd see some sort of robot parts in the back. Ironically enough, um, this Superman looks like how he looks like now in the New 52. Oh, my gosh. It does. <laughs> you know, other than the red trunks, it looks very much like the New 52 this Superman Underhill costume. guy was ahead of his time. I tell you. Um, and I don't know whether this would have been part of the line of, uh, you know, the the – whether it was supposed to be the Robot Superman from the comic books or just some other version of Robot Superman. But either way, it's, it's cute. Then there is another one of everyone's favorite characters um, named Howitzer. Remember Howitzer? I, I had all his issues. So. <laughs> there was, well, there was Fury of Howitzer. 
Right. And right. then there was Brave and the Bold starring Howitzer. And don't forget about the web of Howitzer. <laughs> That's right. So, Howitzer your super stories? You know, I'm just going to say that his accessory, he shot a missile. That's really all we need <laughs> to say. Missiles, well. Two missiles. Two. Oh, yeah, he did. He had a missile from each hip. There you go. He had a basically a belt missile launcher. Yeah. And, <laughs> yep, moving on. <laughs> now, um, there was talk also of a gold Superman. And I believe there's a story behind it, but I don't know it. But there was going to be a repaint of Superman all gold. Yeah, it was going to be like a 50th anniversary Superman figure. And like you mailed in for it. Like it was a limited edition type thing. And then you get into – and this is where it gets really interesting, folks. Uh, There was another uh, deluxe line of figures that were planned that were never produced. You know, a lot of people – see the superpowers line as sort of a pure line because they didn't screw around too much with the costumes and whatnot, but they had plans to. <laughs> and this became sort of a hallmark of Kenner throughout the years to do, you know, an action figure and then a deluxe version of the action figure where it had either a new look or a new accessory or something. So this deluxe line uh, the, had a brand name called Power Plus. So the Power Plus Superman had sort of like a, a bulkier like spacesuit kind of thing and almost a helmet ish type shape and is yeah and, and it looks like they had a plans for a kryptonite version he kind of <laughs> looks like he's in a snuggie like a metallic snuggie sort of kind of yeah <laughs> there's there's something to be said for that i kind of like the first one so they had there was a superman one planned there was one planned for batman there you go there's finally batman's getting right, some yeah, attention again in the superpowers line and he had some pretty cool little accessories here i mean he again had a giant okay you know what remember the for those of you listeners remember the total justice line Remember they all had the fractal armor? Fractal tech gear. Right. This isn't necessarily fractal tech gear, um, but it, it's along those lines, but it's part of the figure. It doesn't come off. Like, you know, Batman's got these giant pointy bits coming up off. Like, his cape is this giant fixed piece of plastic, and he's, it's got points, almost like his headpiece has points. So, like, you could actually see the bat silhouette just off his cape, not just his, his head. And he's got some cool, like, shoulder accessories, and there's some craziness going on there. Um, and, and there are some molds that exist of the Batman one. Yeah. So you actually can see what they were. So they were, they were moving on this. The next one's the one I really want to get to. I'm surprised you took that long to talk about Batman considering what was next. I thought about doing it first. Firestorm. Okay. They had plans for a power plus Firestorm. This would have been a deluxe Firestorm action figure. It was actually called Fire Flash Firestorm. He actually had, uh, his back, he had a cape, which is actually designed to look like wings. It was almost like a teardrop shape, except the bottom, rather than being round, had little uh, etched uh, wings, uh, flame flame wings, and it was going to be translucent, and he had plans for light-up arms. That is... <laughs> yeah. Why not a light-up headpiece? I'm sorry, that would just make more sense, but his arms were going to be, look like just flames, they were going to be like, you know, regular arms, but they had flame tips and flames on the bottom and stuff, and they were going to be translucent, and you were going to press a button somewhere, and the arms were actually going to light up. That really would have been the greatest Firestorm toy ever for sheer goofiness. For sheer goofiness, yes. And the chest piece was kind of like Firestorm's regular chest piece, but sort of blocked up, you know, made very uh, robotish looking. The headpiece looks the same, but the re- and they and they have molds for this too, folks. I mean, I'm looking at the flaming arms and the big chest piece, and it was uh, it was funky. So, and I do feel a little robbed, not not robbed, aqua robbed. Yeah, not in a good way. I feel like uh, a piece of my childhood was stolen by never having this action yeah, figure. Uh, th- th- yeah. th- this and the Blue Devil action figure could have made me a different man. Yeah. You know, frankly, I don't care anymore about the rest of these. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Cyborg. Actually, I'm going to let you take over in a second after I finish Cyborg here. Power Plus 
Techno Skin Cyborg. That sounds horribly painful. <laughs> and as near as I can tell, all it really is is a backpack <laughs> and some missiles and, like, some gadgets. But it's all connected to the backpack. <laughs> of, all, of all the characters, this is the one that it fits the most. You know, and, like, it seems the least ridiculous. Right. But they could have done so much more with it, too. I mean, like, the other ones, clearly, they didn't even... It's almost like they didn't use the base figure as the model. It's, it has different molds. This one, it's like the same mold, but with a backpack. You know, it's, it's very little difference. Um, yeah, the last couple, there's a character... They were going to introduce a new character called um, Rocket Man, <laughs> who <laughs> looks a lot like um, Steve Trevor from the cartoon, from the Super Friends cartoon, but uh, good lord, Rocket Man, really. Uh, <laughs> I guess if you his power actually would have been you played it and like they played the Elton John song or something. See, I, he, he made me think of... Oh, Comet Man. Oh, Captain... Maybe it was a comic... Captain... Captain... Blah, Captain Comet concept. But I, I whenever I look at him, I think of Star... Was it Star Spangled Kid or Star Star Boy Star Man? I guess he was at that time. Uh, Star Sky or Stripey. Yeah. Star Spangled Kid and Stripey. I'm trying to say Star Spangled Kid, but I can't remember what he was called at that point. I guess he was Sky Man. Sky Man. I think he was Sky yeah. Man. Yeah. Looks yeah. like something like that. Um, they also were going to do apparently um, the Wonder Twins, Jaina, Zan, and Jaina. Oh god! But just as Power Plus, I this is just bizarre. <laughs> I don't know what. I'm not sure what this is about. Like she, she was going to be able to turn into a cat. Or something. I, I would I assume know. you had to snap on parts. Yeah, to make it happen. I don't know how else that would happen? A Zan would be have like a different part of his body. You could snap on the top part to make him look like he was made of water. Well, did did they have the technology back then where you could make an action figure cold and it would turn translucent, or I'm was sure that later? They did, but I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems you know very strange. Well, especially you know, like the cartoon had been off the air for a couple of years, or by this point, a year or so. And Xana Jaina hadn't appeared in probably two or three years. They were going to do a Robin. Again, you know, trying to get some of that Batman heat going. I mean, you know, his thing is... Teen, teen Titans heat, man. Yeah. I mean, he's got like a little mini copter on his back, which looks painful and heavy. But the final one is something called Hawk Person, <laughs> which is some sort of bizarre hybrid half-hawk, half-person that I... It's just, it's just completely, you know, incomprehensible. <laughs> honestly, I think this one, I I think this just ended up on the wrong pile. I think this came from a different pitch meeting, and somehow it got slipped in with the superpowers ones, and the guys who put this site together are like, well, I mean, it's here. It must be, must be real, right? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 the, the, the Power Plus line is just bewildering. So, so I said, I think we're going to stop here because Shag and I have been going on way longer than we thought. When we originally <laughs> it's because we're so excited. We're so we, passionate about when this. When we originally pitched this, we thought we were going to cover the entire like Superpowers phenomenon in one show, and we've already done an hour and a half on just the figures, so <laughs> there goes that idea. If you guys like this look back, like let us know, and we can talk about whether we're going to do a part two. If this one just bombs and no one wants to hear anymore, I don't know if we'll do a second one. But well, uh, if you hate it, you probably need to tell us that too. Because if we don't get a bunch of hate mail on it, it's a safe bet we're probably going to go yeah, forward. Yeah, that's true. Because we love talking about this stuff. So yeah, so let us know one way or the other about how you feel the super superpowers figure. So as everyone's just going to wrap up super fast. Uh, Shag, where can people super superpowers fast? Superpowers fast. Shag, where can people find Firestorm? Uh, well, they can find him in their local comic shops. But if they want to read about on the character, they go to firestormfan.com. And if you're doing the social medias. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Google+, Plus, all under uh, Firestorm Fan. 
Where can they find Aquaman, Rob? Uh, AquamanShrine.com, of course. You can find us again on Twitter and Facebook, as always. One other thing I just wanted to mention is by the time you guys hear this, my uh, Kickstarter uh, fundraising effort for Ace Kilroy will be up and running. That's where we're raising some money for the strip to sort of help pay for it and to offering um, the first first story arc in a print collection. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, go over and visit the um, acekillway.com and you can just find a link to the Kickstarter page and um, pledge some money or you can just spread the word because we would really appreciate and get the word out about uh, Ace Kilroy. And folks, by supporting Ace Kilroy, you're helping support Rob, which ultimately is helping support this podcast. There you go. So exactly. that's... That's the best. If you want to help support this podcast, help support Ace Kilroy. Put please. all that on your shoulders. So anyway, <laughs> um, so anyway, that is going to wrap up the first our first look at Superboys. Maybe our last. We don't know. We'll have to listen to you guys. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, one one quick thing uh, to help you guys to to whet your appetite for later, and also to stop Frank from yelling at his iPod on part two. We'll even talk about the Super Amigos. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I really do want to, I definitely want to talk about Brainiac's brain ship. So uh, I, really, <laughs> I really do hope we get to do a second one. So I guess until then, uh, I said thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, Shag, uh, I guess we should just wrap this up and, uh, and say goodnight. All right. Good night, Shag. Bye. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah! And if you flip the case over, you would find another storage compartment. This kept a lot of your second-tier characters like Aquaman. Yes, he's second-tier, let's face it.